Best mix of music in Harry Point 4, Capital FM. Good evening. How are you doing? Exactly 6.30. And yes, if you just tuned in, we do this every Thursday. It's a legal insider where we talk everything the law. But as much as possible, we try to break it. As Mutuku Omutua says, let's break it down to the Watus so they can really understand uh, uh, the law. Because the law, as you say, it's an ass <laughs> if you don't know it. And I use that word ass advisedly, Mutua. So look at me like that. Mutua, welcome to the show again, sir. Thank you, my guy. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you? Amazing, Kabisa. Yes, how was your week, by the way? Oh, I had a terrible week. Uh, yes. I've had um, bits of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a terrible It now. happens. It happens. It's been terrible. Yeah. Yes. It's been, it's been heavy. Probably yeah. uh, d- deserved also. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, no, I can hear you. Oh, uh, you can hear me now? Yeah, I can ah, hear perfect, you. Perfect, yeah. But how's your, how's your week? My, mine was Kamakawaido. Uh, it was just busy. Um, yeah. I mean, from Sunday, my boss told me uh, it's going to be a heavy week. Yeah. I've been on two shows today. Yeah. And rightly so, because, you know, we have promotions and we have the, this big weekend that's coming up. We have the golf that's coming up. We have the polo. So ah, are you, are you going for golf? No, tomorrow we'll be with the boys. We'll be at the golf, at the Mothega Golf Club. Ah, we'll be transmitting from there, yeah, because yes. tomorrow uh, it's going to be another big day yeah. where things are going to be happening. So we'll be there with the boys and a couple of friend crew. So yeah. we'll be transmitting from there. Ah, perfect. Absolutely. I, w- I hope I'll see you on Sunday because I'm going to be there, but... Uh, I, I don't want to be seen you know, officially. I just want to be seen in very casual yeah, way. Of course, at, at definitely. You you, club, yeah. you communicate. communicate. Yes. Yeah. Of course, every Thursday, of course, we have guests who come in and uh, just to talk to us about the various issues that need to be addressed. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Mutua. You can introduce our guest, please, sir. I'll give you the honors, sir. No, no, no. I, w- I want to do a lot of introduction today. Yes, yes. Y- you see, when, when, when you're in the table of honorable and wise people, yes, like you don't, yes. you let them introduce themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, I will start from my left. Mm-hmm. He's going to introduce himself, mm-hmm. and then we'll go to my right. All right. Yes. Please. Uh, my good friend, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. Uh, my name is Morgan Obimbo, an advocate of the high court and uh, a part-time basketballer. Ah, Yes. Okay. On my right, yeah. the height. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not every day that they call me an honourable person. I think it's just for today, for sure, and everything else. So my name is James Mbugwa, mm-hmm. advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely passionate about radio. I've been a big fan of this radio since the times of Phil Matthews, the Farids. That's way back. Way back. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we still grew up on Capital FM. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it was a great honor being introduced to Capital FM by my uncle, Jora. I'm sure he's listening now. Oh, and, yay. And for that reason, it's a great honor to be here and excited to be part of the conversation. Fantastic. Karibuni sana. Karibuni sana. I, I, hope, I hope they're not marinated. They're not fatting us before the kids. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, yeah, um, uh, there are various things that we need to talk about. And. Um, uh, and Mutuku actually uh, gave me a heads up about the various things that we're talking about today. And we're going to break it into three tranches as much as we can because uh, we only have an hour. And an hour just goes when <laughs> you realize what's happening. And uh, this is on uh, euthanasia and um, uh, anti-money laundering provisions for lawyers. Yes, anti-money laundering provision for yes, lawyers. for lawyers, yes. What is that before we get into... Uh, I mean, that's yeah. why we're here, Charlie. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. yes. We, c- we can start with the easier we one. Can the easier, easier one. conversation. Euthanasia, that is. Actually, not the easier, yeah. the most controversial one. Yes, yes. absolutely. So, um, 
I happen to know Morgan mm-hmm. for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and way back, mm-hmm. he had the foresight mm-hmm. of looking at euthanasia mm-hmm. when people are not talking about that. Mm-hmm. And you see, in, in life, there are, there are only two certainties, taxes and death. So his dissertation uh, and decisions actually was about <laughs> euthanasia. Yes. So Morgan, what led you, what made you keep on researching about this topic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, this topic, I stumbled upon it uh, back in 2015 when I was still um, an undergraduate st- student. Uh, I found it to be a controversial topic in the sense that uh, euthanasia is something that uh, is not widely known or widely it's not practiced in africa it's uh better known in different parts of uh, the world but africa it's uh uh something that people need to know about and people need to l- look into uh that's why I, I came up with uh, this topic and then i did some research about it and wrote my dissertation did you get an a in that dissertation but of course yeah <laughs> 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 but of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not here by accident <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting uh because even when Wichuku told me about it a friend of mine actually uh sent me a message about it and this person happens to be uh going through some some issues with sickle cell but this particular story is about this young man a kenyan who's actually given given up i mean and and they're like you know what I, these guys need to do something about my situation because assisted suicide or whatever you want to call it because they're done they're tired so i went about doing my own research about doctors philosophers pharmacists nurses theologians jurists written rewritten discussed about hey, it Charlie. Uh, hey. Hey. well, well hey. you have to do your research Maul, yeah? yeah and of course according to something that i was reading um, uh, morgan to you sir yes the is also raising a number of uh, agonizing moral uh, dilemmas yes all right is it ever right to end the life of a terminally ill patient who is undergoing severe pain and suffering under what circumstances can euthanasia be justifiable, if at all? And is there a moral difference between killing someone and letting them die? Well, there are a lot of uh, points you can look at when you're looking at euthanasia. One, if it's right or wrong. We, we can't say if it's we can't say it's right mm-hmm. or wrong because the laws of the country are what are supposed to legalize it. Mm-hmm. If there are no laws to legalize it, then uh, it's definitely. Uh, an illegal act if you take it if you undertake euthanasia it's an illegal act and you'll be jailed for it so in kenya um i happened to read the story on social media mm-hmm. and uh, i think this uh, guy had gone had been suffering for a number of years he was 28 years i, guess, I think and he was asking for help to end his life end his life mm. well at the moment in kenya if you do that you're in trouble because there are no laws ag- uh, about euthanasia and you will be uh, committing a crime and you will be jailed for it. So there are a lot of aspects to look at uh, at it. There's the aspect of law. There's the aspect of uh, religion. If you want to uh, um, put up a bill or uh, put it into law, then you have to look at very different things. Religion, you have to look at the medical aspect, you have to look at the morality, you have to look at the society. Because then again, us back in Africa, we tend to have a culture that uh, we what culture of morality that we need to we we tend to de- depend on so you can't just bring it up and these are the things you have to look at uh, when you want to put it up to law 
But as as you read this story, this guy actually even gone onto social media and he talked about so many other things. Yeah, uh, the moral aspect of it. He, he looked at the religious part of it, and then when he realized uh, Kenya, there's nothing that can be done here. So he looked at a country where the laws are quite interesting. Belgium. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, and, and I was like, okay, it, can that happen? I mean. You guys don't want to assist me, yeah. Even my friend James, <laughs> even James here doesn't want to assist me. Yeah. Why am I bothering with you guys? Just hop onto a plane, go to Belgium, and tell them your laws are okay here. Yeah. So, true, true, true. I, I, I agree. Can with that, that can that happen? That but or, that you, or, or you have to get permission from my lawyer Mutuku to go <laughs> <Not really. laughs> because he knows you're going to commit suicide. <laughs> not really. It's How not, do you do this? Yeah. It's not that it has not happened. Oh. This has happened before, uh-huh. not uh, specifically for Kenya, from Kenya, but people uh, in different parts of the world that uh, want to end their lives. People who are in pain, people who are suffering, people who are who have terminal illnesses, uh, and they want to end their pain. These people just tend to book a plane ticket, mm-hmm. go to a country that has had its laws mm-hmm. uh, put up on euthanasia, and have their lives uh, taken away, and then they are brought back to their original countries. Yeah, so this is something that has happened before. Charlie? Yeah, probably just when... uh, uh, I think uh, the more you step away from the Kenyan jurisdiction is when uh, you find certain amorphous distinctions between Mm -hmm. what we call euthanasia Mm -hmm. and what others would call uh, assisted suicide. Mm -hmm. You'll find, for example, in the U.S., the state of Oregon, and many other states, and uh, several other states, and uh, many other countries in Europe, you'll Mm -hmm. find, yes, they have, to some extent, allowed, say, euthanasia, but I've had difficulties uh, defining it as assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, my interaction with the subject comes just from um, um, a while back in the 90s. I don't know if you can hear me. Very clearly, yes. But yeah. mm-hmm. A while back in the 90s, there's this gentleman called Dr. Kavokian in the U.S., mm-hmm. Uh, who was part of a certain society which was advocating for you the nation. I think I remember that story also. <laughs> yes, and now yeah. the ridiculousness yeah. of it is... Mm-hmm. So what is euthanasia and what is uh, assisted suicide? suicide? I'm sure the expert Morgan is Morgan going to help is, yeah. us delve in deeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Kenya, when you talk about assisted suicide, I'm made to understand that that is defined as a crime, right? Where I assist you to kill yourself, mm. right? Mm-hmm. There was this gentleman who sat in the famous DJ or whoever who was recording someone. Mm-hmm. And at the point when the d- uh, director of public prosecutions was, um, because of s- social outcry, was forced to make a decision as to what charges to prefer, yeah. Part of it was mm-hmm. under the pinnacle, I think section 225. Mm-hmm. So where someone can be charged with that, right? But have the laws in Kenya <laughs> explicitly now limited euthanasia? Euthanasia is the right to be killed. I, I choose by to look help. at yeah, uh, <laughs> right to be killed okay. with help, right? Yeah. <laughs> with help. <laughs> with help, right? With help from a medical practitioner. Yes, with help, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Medical yes. Practitioner. Uh, yeah. Probably you see that's where the expert is chiming in. So yeah. uh, as you said, we said maybe looked at differently. Mm-hmm. In myself, they are the same thing where we just try to make small differences to, to justify one over the other. And legally speaking for myself, my understanding is if you want any person's right, life is not yours to take. Your life is protected by the state. That's why if you attempt to kill yourself, you'll be charged with a criminal offense. Why is it that the state is intervening? Because you, your life is not yours to take. There's a lot of utilitarian. You have a certain obligations. Yes, the state has provided hospitals, has paid doctors, nurses, uh, teachers, has provided roads for you, to, for you to get to where you are, right? Mm-hmm. So at a certain point in your life, you have to give back. So when you're saying that I won't take away my life, the state comes in and says, yes, you have the right to life, but there's no right to death. There's no right to death. 
Mm-hmm. But yes, and the question for me, is, Morgan, is is there a right to death? And probably if we start from there, then we can see because now you bring in the right of privacy, human dignity. If I am so sick, bed, death, bedridden, you call it, right? Yeah. Bedridden, uh, in the comatose, being fed through tubes. Then don't you think that I have the right, my dig- my dignity and the right to privacy, the right about my personal sovereignty, could at that time be said to supersede my right or give a certain limitation to my right to life? It's a very interesting discussion. It's a very interesting discussion. The unfortunate thing is that certain jurisdictions, uh, I dare say conservative jurisdictions like ours, they're not conversations that the state is willing to consider in terms of policy and law changing. Yeah, probably True. that's just my challenge. Wow. So that's so that's interesting. Charlie. Yeah. Thank you so much, James, for that one. Yes, uh, Mutuko. So, Charlie, yeah. um, there's a curveball mm-hmm. uh, to our, our, our guest today. Mm-hmm. So, here I am. I've lived a very beautiful life. I'm probably in my 80s, right? I'm diagnosed with a condition that maybe in the next 10 years, I will not be in a position to live well. And even if I live, my quality of life will be bad. So, if I come out of Kenya and go to India to get um, uh, medication, I will sell everything that I've worked for, for my people, for my children, for my grandchildren. All in the hope that I could have maybe five, maximum six years to live. So, from where you sit, gentlemen, uh, does it make sense for me to continue suffering and maybe suffer for maybe six more years, five more years? Or does it make sense for the government to put a policy where it says, look, my guy, you're suffering. Here's a way out. And even as you're making a policy about that, because I know our guy is very big on taxes, can we can, can we make can, can we make this thing? Yeah. Can we make this thing where we can have people coming? Can we pass a legislation where people can also be coming to Kenya to do that? Like the way people see, there's a whole chain how guys uh, leave Kenya and go to India. Mm. The whole medical tourism thing. Yeah. Can we have that similar situation in Kenya? Good question, actually. Uh, let's let's think about that as we take a short break. All right. Thank you so sure. much, uh, James and uh, Morgan. Uh, that's very interesting. Thank you so much. But right now, we need to catch up with Chico Labi. Is that the Magical Kenya Open in Muthaiga. It's happened. It's happening uh, this whole weekend. It's a big thing. When we come back, and then uh, James or Morgan will answer the question. All right. Ready, gentlemen? Uh, sure. Stand sure. by. Yeah. to the top of the world right here on your best mix of music 9.4 capital film how you doing good evening 
Yeah, it's a legal insider and uh, what an interesting topic we're having today. Remember, we do this every Thursday with uh, my lawyer, uh, my friend. Um, he's teaching me. Very soon, I'll also be an advocate of the High Court. <laughs> I told you we need to give you an honorary yeah, member to this professional you will, you will, and I believe so. Yeah. The universe is watching over me right now. Please, yes. Yeah, all right. Your questions, get them in because this conversation has to continue. 0701-984-984, hashtag Legal Insider, hashtag Quick One. Wakili. So, so uh, b- before we went on break, uh, mm. there was a question that I'd posed to our, our guests. But also, before before the answer, whoever is going to take it, mm-hmm. um, I have to put on a disclaimer that um, in all forms, whatever form that it, uh, whatever form that takes, um, suicide is an ongoing conversation, mm. and um, in this show, we do not advocate for any of that. Thank you. In this show, we are just here to educate people on various aspects of law. So it's it's a conversation that we do not condone. It's a conversation that um, that uh, this show does not. By the fact that we are having this conversation around uh, the topic about suicide, does not mean that uh, that's the angle that you're taking. We're just saying it's an ongoing conversation now, and we need to have a conversation around it, right, gentlemen? Yes. Oh, yes. Most certainty. Yes. Yeah. So, so who's going to take it? So I can take Morgan. it. Can Morgan, take it. yeah. All right. Uh, just as I mentioned earlier, oh, first um, I'd, I'd like to also say that uh, assisted suicide or uh, euthanasia is a crime in Kenya. So if you do that, you'll be committing a crime and you'll be liable to be sentenced. So um, up to your question, um, when you talk about uh, euthanasia, there's a thin line between euthanasia and assisted killing. So assisted killing is... I want to die, help me die. That is basically it. You don't have to be suffering, you don't have to be ill, you don't have to be in pain, but someone is, so I think that's not uh, the uh, topic that we're discussing about today. We're yeah. talking about euthanasia. euthanasia. So euthanasia is when someone um, is terminally ill, for example, someone um, is in... Sorry about that one. Yeah. Someone is in... Uh, is in pain someone has been told uh he or she has less than five years or five months to live uh someone is not responding someone is he's just there he knows like you're waiting for for death so for euthanasia that's it that's when now a medical practitioner has to come in and then you have to be someone of sound mind you can't you know you can't uh if for example it's uh put into law not everyone should be able to access this euthanasia because someone may just be tired of uh, something's tired of, uh, and then says, oh, help me die. So that's not it. This has to be someone who's sick. It has to be done by someone uh, in the medical prof- profession. And then we have countries like um, Netherlands. Netherlands was actually the first country that uh, put up laws on euthanasia. Uh, if you look at the parameters for, for euthanasia, there's an extensive report that the medical practitioner has to make to uh, put him out of liability of killing this this person or helping this person die this person is sick so you can't just be um, in on on your bed or you're tired of something or you just want to end it all and then you ask someone to help to help you no it can't happen like that so euthanasia has to be it has very uh, thin lines that you have to look at very uh, specific aspects that you have to look at the aspects that have pointed out the pain and suffering uh, if you know you're going to die if you have an incurable disease if you're in excruciating pain and then those are the aspects of euthanasia and also uh, it's n- it's not an aspect but 
or not an advantage. But at the end of the day, if this person continues to stay in hospital, the family is going to get a, a hefty bill. You know, you're going to die within uh, five months or five years, and they want to keep you there. What is the bill that is going to come out from that, you see? So um, to me, personally, in my own opinion, I think it's something that it should be looked at. I think uh, it's a topic that people need to discuss to create some traction. It's a topic that uh, when the time comes for Kenya to pick it up, I don't know how many years that will be because... Yeah, that is something that we should look at and pick it up. James actually said something earlier on uh, about just just off mic about severe depression. I don't have to be in pain, but you have a lot of mental issues. You don't even know where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so mean, and, and uh, as you heard what the, our HR guy uh, was saying mm-hmm. about certain countries mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, uh, mental issues. Mm-hmm. You can also be categorized as somebody who can face mm-hmm. euthanasia. Well, again, if I take you back to Netherlands, I'm, yeah. I'm making reference to Netherlands because uh, they took up this topic way back, uh, I think, uh, back in the 1970s. And uh, they're the first country that uh, have good laws on euthanasia. And that's one of the countries people go to to end their lives when they're sick. What's a good law on euthanasia? A good law is a law that won't let everyone access, won't let everyone access this... Um, this uh this euthanasia when it comes to place so back to your question when you said someone who is um mentally what term did you use mentally chronic s- depression depression, chronic depression. Yeah. no again you can't actually be actually let me lay it down uh this way mm-hmm. in this parts of the world we only look at um, um pain and suffering and yeah. disease uh-huh. from a physical yeah, well, fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like jimmy Let's let's get there's the sickness and the pain of the mind mm-hmm. that we tend to brush off. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 narrow down now to that aspect as well. So when we look at that, um, again, the can- Netherlands has, in its laws it has put uh, up that no one who is not of sound mind can access this. So um, you you can't just be uh, mentally challenged and then ask for it and receive it. You know. So again, that's what I was saying. The different aspects that, when you break it down, have to be looked at so that not everyone can access this uh, euthanasia. Jimmy, uh, I I think that you see, uh, I think it would be a bit disadvantageous for us to limit ourselves, say, to there are those best practices, and you go to Oregon, U.S., you go to Netherlands, Belgium, and so in so many other states where these countries actually where this debate has been tabled, right? And you'll find mo- that most of them, and because mental health is not uh, an, an old conversation, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's actually an up-and-coming conversation. It has been there for the longest time, mm-hmm. but it's right now that it's, b- it's being given its proper, uh, say, centrality and consideration, right? So at the point of drafting of those, of those laws, my primary issue was, yes, when you talk about euthanizing, according to Morgan, you're talking about it from a perspective, mostly looking at physical ailment. Mm-hmm. So this person is in pain. Mutua says there is extreme mental pain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you don't have a headache, but you're chronically depressed. You cannot wake up, you cannot move, you cannot do anything. So if we were to legislate, and you did ask a good question, then what is a good law yeah. on euthanasia? I put it, I put it, I, before addressing the good law on euthanasia, I'd rather we address what's a good law. One of, the, one of the primary tenets of a good law under the rule of law, we say, is predictability. So, if someone has been diagnosed with a certain condition which meets a certain criteria, then I do not find it difficult 
for the legislators to come up with legislation along those lines. If in Kenya, for instance, they were to decide that chronic depression, certified by psychiatrists, psychologists, they classify you as chronically depressed, then they, I don't think there would be anything other than best practice and uh, uh, apity considerations of morality yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would hinder yeah. that would hinder such a, such a law coming into place. Mm. My, my, my thinking now uh, probably shifts just a little bit, just to run away from the legalists. We as advocates have what we call the Cabrang rule which requires that any person who knocks at your door, mm-hmm. you are under legal obligation to serve with to certain exceptions. Conflict of interest being one. There mm-hmm. could be a, a quite a number, right? Mm-hmm. Doctors, on the other hand, have what you call the Hippocratic Oath. They swear to protect life. So, could you argue, just for argument purposes, that a law on euthanasia is a direct violation on the Hippocratic Oath? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good question. <laughs> Good question. Wow. Probably but you see, the guy, guys, guys, guys. Yes. Okay, probably over philosophizing. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is <laughs> a legal show. Because of the practicality uh, uh, of yeah. it happens. It's <laughs> <laughs> only like, okay, let's call Morgan. Where is he? He's not alone. He's yes. in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm just saying, this is a legal show. Yeah. So the, the medics can have their show and talk about <laughs> all these things. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's just a joke here. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah, I, I see the conflict of laws mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from um, this is the legal side how you're looking at things, mm. and this is how doctors are looking at things. And actually, there's a story that trend now uh, was it a day ago or two days ago mm-hmm. on uh, on the Daily Nation about. Uh, this kiddo who's been uh, diagnosed with uh, sickle cell anemia mm. for a number of years, mm. and he, he was actually arguing that his his veins have collapsed because of the medication, uh, the injections, mm. and is is in constant pain. Yeah. What do you do? So one of the th- one of the biggest uh, reason why he couldn't go abroad to um, uh, for euthanasia is because doctor, you have uh, by the time you live in Kenya. It has to be certified by a doctor, a practicing doctor. Yeah. Mm. And the doctors you are telling, look, chief, uh, I s- I took an oath to protect life, not to give, not it. to take it take away. Take it away. Yes. Yes. Good question. We're coming to that. We'll take another <laughs> short break. <laughs> and yes, zero seven zero one nine eight four nine four hashtag Legal Insider hashtag um, Quick One Wakili. This is uh, Ruth, the lady I was telling you about, listening all the way from Norway, and uh, she's the one who sent me that. A question before you actually call, uh, send it to me. It says, Thanks for bringing it up on radio. I would love to have the guys, you guys actually, to talk to patients that they have. I want them to know, I mean, just to get that understanding mm-hmm. about the way forward because according to her, this guy literally has given up completely mm-hmm. as in point of no return. Either mm-hmm. you do it or something has to cut. Mm-hmm. Let's answer that question when we come back. 7 o'clock with KCB Bank. Simply open an account and deposit a minimum of 2,000 shillings and you could win two, uh, 1,000 shillings rather. And you could win 2,000 shillings daily. Keep depositing for a chance to win up to half a million shillings every week. Gurumisha now fill the role with KCB, the official partner of the WRC Safari Rally. KCB Bank for people for better. 7 o'clock. We're back after these messages. <laughs> 
Right, so two minutes past seven o'clock. It's illegal inside. We're still here all the way to another 28 minutes. It's getting hard in here because we're talking about something really, really interesting. And um, it, it's happening, uh, probably it's happening secretly, but nobody wants to talk about it. But Mutuku, thank you so much for bringing this one up this week. It's something we're talking about. That's euthanasia. Michael Morgan Obimbo and uh, James Bogua and Mutuku Mutua, advocates of the High Court. Uh, before before we went on uh, went on a break, yeah. we were having a conversation, and I don't want to take anything away from it. Morgan, there's something uh, that you're saying. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, Hippocratic uh, oath that doctors take. Yeah, well, uh, there's that. There's a Hippocratic oath which uh, doctors swear to uphold ethical standards during their practice. Uh, in the medical world, there's something they also call the best interest principle, where uh, English, English. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that is. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's self-explanatory because yes. uh, you have to have your patient's best interest uh, while you're treating them or taking care of them. But I'd like to pose this question. Yeah, we have looked at the medical uh, side of these things, and w- there's also the religious side because in religion, you know, they believe it's only God who gives life and God who takes. Mm. But then there's a question you can pose to yourself. If it's only God who gives and God who takes, uh, when someone falls ill, and uh, that's basically saying um, God is, uh, call is, is, God is, is closer taking. to taking them. <laughs> so why, why again would we... <laughs> I see where you're going. I like that one, yeah. yeah why, why again would we uh, give medication to this person? Yeah, God is taking him. Why keep him alive? Why give him medication? Yeah. That's a, a, a different way to look at it. So have you come in, uh, across a situation where, uh, I'm just asking, just throwing it out there, about uh, somebody who's actually religious, when I use the word religious, advisedly, whatever form of religion <laughs> that you are, mm-hmm. uh, who support assisted dying or euthanasia? Have you come across a situation where you went like, oh, or through your travails in this... Uh, well, uh, when I was doing this study, I study, did yes. a lot of uh, research, mm. a, li- a lot of questionnaires, different people in the medical field, different people in the religious field, people in our society. Uh, I, when I approached uh, religious leaders, that was a no conversation for them. Okay. So like, no, we can't talk about this. We don't support it. Why are you coming to ask me about this question? <laughs> <laughs> that was just it for them. <laughs> that was it. That, that was it. Full stop. But, but, full but stop. I'm, not really, <laughs> I'm not really surprised because... Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if, if this is the right time to have that conversation, but it's it's always been um, like that with the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, these are the guys who advocated, who don't advocate for certain uh, practices, mm-hmm. and then there are repercussions in society. Mm-hmm. For example, I think they live in a virtual world where we don't live in. You know, mm-hmm. but it's 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 for their, I mean, um, for their own self-preservation. Conversation for another day. Conversation for another day, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I did uh, approach also people in the medical fields. Um, I asked them about euthanasia, and most of people people are aware about it. Uh, what I came to find out and what people don't know is, I, I am not saying this for a fact, because I was not there when someone's uh, life was being taken away, or someone was asking, but I came, people in the medical field uh, informed me that it does occur, but it's not known. It does occur currently oh. in Kenya. Is that what, what do you think, Jimmy? Does it occur, uh, or, or rather, not not only in Kenya, mm. uh, even in your in, in your in your practice, in your in your readings? Mm. What have you come across? I 
I do not have a personal experience with it, eh? yeah. but I tend to think of it uh, in this manner, probably mostly for people in the medical field. Uh, probably in the last couple of years, uh, let me not generalize, there have been instances of uh, medical practitioners committing suicide, right? And what they used to commit suicide are actually the drugs, the ketamines and whatever it is that they use, right? So if indeed that they, when it, the situations become so hard for them, no judgment whatsoever, they do take that such measures. I do not doubt a situation where if I wa- a person was a doctor who cared for another person so much <coughs> and they saw them suffering so much that they would actually commit an act of uh, assisted suicide or euthanasia, whatever it is that you want to call it. Probably informally, but I'm not saying that it has happened, but I'm saying there's a high possibility that it has. My, What I struggle with also, when you look about this assisted suicide euthanasia, probably Morgan wants to uh, bundle or separate them so strongly, mm-hmm. is that can you, for example, is assisting suicide an act of a positive act or a negative act? Well, so, so, so to, to who? Because yeah. this is how I'm looking at it. When you, when you, when you ask, when you pose that question, mm. to you or to society? To society, because the law is the mirror of society, right? So we are looking at it. So if I wanted to die, for instance, and I went and I bought all these poisons, and you stood there, and I took them, are you guilty? Uh, or could, are you guilty? Are you liable to face legal charges? I'm a legal sanction. Because I'm watching because, you do it. Yeah, because you didn't stop me. Exactly. Or is it a positive obligation on the yes, other person? Yeah. So if I am the one who went and bought you this, uh, the poison and I bring it to you, like uh, the said doctor in the US, he did not. He was not exactly inject. He was preparing all those things, helping you uh, inject uh, the the tubes into your into your what into your veins, mm. and then he gives you a button. Do you want to do this? Yes. So the person is actually the one who presses the button and the drugs get into their system and they die. Mm-hmm. So, but you see, he's assisting them by making sure all this, this whole atmosphere is working. Mm-hmm. So the question now comes now. If I, were to as- you, I was to be said to assist you to commit suicide, did I co- assist you by actively bringing you these things? Or can I be said to have assisted? Because, you know, the law is enough, as has been said several here, by not stopping you mm-hmm. from taking your life so um if i can answer that that goes further or uh, that will go deeper into my research because there's again something we'll we'll call active euthanasia and mm. passive euthanasia mm. so active euthanasia is when now the medical practitioner does that you know he helps the person who uh, who's ill to end their life mm. and then there's the passive one where they the person does it themselves, yeah. Mm. So that just goes deeper in the in the conversation because um, I don't think that's a conversation we can uh, we, we can, can have in, in, now. in, in oh, one, okay. hour, one hour. Because I like complicating things. Now there's another <laughs> thing. Have you heard of these political prisoners? And one of the way, best way to to make a point as a political prisoner, or sometimes in prisons, is they refuse to eat, right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So okay. now uh, the state has to intervene in a way, either comply with whatever the prisoners or the person is asking for. Or in some instances, they force feed them. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some instances, they look at force feeding as a form of torture. So if you do not intervene by bending to whatever this person wants, this person is your prisoner, mm-hmm. they have said they will not eat mm-hmm. until we get clean toilets. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> I'm flying over the handle. No, that, sure. as, as you, as you, read, you rightfully put it, uh, you are, we are uh, what? We are... Um, we are owned by the government. 
so we are not allowed to take our own lives mm. yeah but that's a whole other aspect because i think we are narrowing it our conversation down to people who are ill people who don't have long to live people who are in pain people who just want or they know they're not going to make it in the next five or five months or ten months you know mm. so that's just narrowing down our conversation so I don't think um, that's a whole other aspect. That's a whole other conversation because that's a hunger strike. I understand, and then that's something that um, I don't. I don't think the government can just uh, stand by and watch you uh, refuse to eat and let yourself die. And that <laughs> again, you're in their facility. You know, it's interesting because uh, uh, what Jimmy is saying because of the conversation uh, which uh, we read about this guy, the pain is so much mm-hmm. he can't eat. Mm-hmm. As in, it's a problem. Yes. When he talks, he feels like things are happening to him. The sleep is gone. There's no appetite, nothing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, why am I here? What can you tell this person? What do you tell them? <laughs> Honestly, uh, they're, they're, they're like, look, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Just yeah, you guys assist me to get out of this world. Mm-hmm. How do you talk to this person? As a lawyer. As a lawyer. <laughs> As a lawyer. Yes. Well, I tell him. The law is very clear. Come on, Morgan. Morgan, come on. This person is in pain. You're in pain. You're hungry. Uh, you're frustrated. You're depressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all. The, it's a concussion of. You're a burden to people. Exactly. Yeah. It's a concussion of everything. Mm-hmm. You're confused. You're like, what am I doing here? How how do you talk to this person? What, how do you tell them? Do you pray for them? Do you take them? Do you take them out? Do, what do you do? Because remember the report you're saying, mm-hmm. if if he's not walking around feeling dazed and confused, mm-hmm. they just go to bed and sleep yeah. and hope not to wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's not there's nothing much that uh, can be done to assist them to die or assist or euthanasia, uh, perform euthanasia on them because just as I put it earlier, we don't have laws that uh, talk about euthanasia or they define what euthanasia is and the parameters that euthanasia is supposed to be carried out. So at this moment, if uh, that person is assisted to die, for sure the person who's going to assist him to die is going to be charged. That's a crime. Yeah, because uh, again, we need to before we before we come to the actualizing euthanasia, we need to have laws in place that uh, define or extensively talk and put the regulations on what on how euthanasia is supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. Jimmy, wow. what would you say to such a guy? Uh, I, I I I I probably would not take his call. But now when you're talking about the situation in Kenya, I think the law makes it a bit difficult to advise such a person except to the extent that you've seen people do travel to such countries which are friendly to that type of treatments like euthanasia and then they can get it there. But in the the country, can you legally do it? No, you cannot. And for me now, back back to the legal arguments is that the law, if you look at the law as a from the perspective of a light, right? Mm. Consider an eclipse. In the ke- eclipse, we have the very dark part. It's called the umbra, right? Yeah. Mm. And then we have the the semi-shadow. Penum- penumbra. Right? Penumbra, penumbra, right? Penumbra. Mm. Now, what leads to th- the discussions we are having today is because most of what you're talking about doesn't fall in the umbra. Of the law. They are not what we call umbra rights. Okay. They are rights which are expressly provided for. The right to life, right to dignity, right to privacy. Now, those are umbra rights they are expressly provided for but there are those rights which are can be implied by the existence of some rights 
if I was to ask you, for instance, uh, in your house, probably the most top five bills for most of us here would be, say, let's forget probably rent. Mm. Then you'd have water, water and food, right? Mm. Electricity. Electricity. Electricity and then what else? Entertainment. Internet. Oh. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so one. now yeah. in some jurisdictions, they're arguing about the right to internet. Why? Because they are basing it on a umbro right called the right to inf- access to information, right? They're wow. saying, since I have the right to access information, then I also have the right to internet. And that now interferes with the, uh, in, uh, cuts across the rights of the states now to take away the internet, etc., etc. right? Why is it so hard to litigate such rights, these pen umbro rights? Because you're reading them from an implication of what already exists. Now, if you look at the law as it is right now as far as this topic of euthanasia is concerned one to correct morgan <laughs> and i'm sure he laugh about <laughs> it the law is never clear <laughs> right yeah, so okay. you, when the law is written it's never clear that's so the law is clear the law is not yeah that's where they pay us we we'll uh, go to court if it was so clear then things would be so easy the absolutely. judge would look at it boom right yeah now the law itself when written is not clear more often than not right when it's unwritten it is even unclear so unless the country or the legislators of this country, for instance, were to stand up and um, have it written and address the question of euthanasia directly, mm. let there be a bill, an act of parliament addressing it directly, these discussions will continue for the longest time because they are happening in the penumbra, mm-hmm. in the semi-shadow. Wow. Bring it from the, bring from the fringes, bring it to the center, address it. Tell us, is it right? Is it not right? Carry on. Wow, okay. L- let, me, let me just say something before yeah, you... Yeah, because we need to get into his... Yes. Sorry. B- before you... Very quickly, Ruthie here is saying, what about the right to consent? Uh, the law is strange. Imagine the quality of life of someone deteriorating with the healthcare system that we have. So, before they answer that... Wow. Let me say this. Okay. Um, if you're listening to us and you're feeling a certain type of way, you're, you're, you're feeling so depressed, you're feeling a certain type of way. Um, suicide is not the answer. And um, Kiari has the numbers you can always reach out to Capital Sorry. FM mm-hmm. and uh, we can always find help for you. Absolutely. Bonga.or.ke. Yes. I just wanted to put that out. Fantastic. So they can take the question now. Yeah, the deteriorating healthcare system that we have. That's why people, and who can say, people just wake up one day and say, you know, it's not happening in this country, so they fly out mm-hmm. and do what they have to do. Is it recorded anywhere? Or how? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to understand that one first and foremost before we get to to, to Jimmy. Yeah, you are in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you uh, were talking with Mutuku earlier on. Uh, you, you're moneyed. Your family is moneyed, mm-hmm. and he's this 80 year old can't do anything because the laws in Kenya will not allow it. Mm-hmm. And so I've lived life properly. Co- correct. So put them into a flight and say we're going to look for uh, medicals in Switzerland. But you know in your head, <laughs> it's you're just going to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, I don't know if... Uh, I've an, I've but I like what the umbra and penumbra is. is, is and uh, and that the law is clear and the law is not clear. Not clear. Exactly. Yes. So, so whether you have an answer or not, I'll still understand. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure I understood the question, but if I may try to answer it, well, um, again, uh, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, this is something that uh, has been done before. People uh, in different countries are flying out to countries that have legislation in place uh, on euthanasia, and they're having their life taken away. And then 
they go back and be buried in their own home countries. So yeah, this uh, I think it's an interesting conversation. Mm. Um, I think uh, mostly in Africa or Kenya, uh, these are things uh, that community does not easily ad- uh, allow. Um, well, I think I can mention one ca- case for sure, which was in South Africa, uh, where some uh, someone was someone petitioned to court, and the court uh, helped him die because he was sick and he was in and pain and all that. But now, the thing that happened is that um, <laughs> the judgment was given after he died. Oh, <laughs> after he died. As usual. Well, well, yeah. After yeah. he died. Yeah. So it's an interesting conversation. I think it's a conversation we should have as a community, as a society, yes. as a parliament. Because, again, we the laws are supposed to come from the people. Yeah, The laws are supposed to come from the people. If the people say they want this, why not have that conversation? If the people want to say they want to legalize this and that, why not have that conversation? You know? You said legalize. Yes, yeah. legalize. So, <laughs> so <laughs> gentlemen, actually let me let me pose this to Jimmy. You've heard what Morgan said. Yeah. Right? Yes. He's talk about someone from South Africa mm. um petitioning the court mm. and the judgment came later. Yeah. Now, in the heat of the moment where we are now, mm. we are in a jurisdiction where everything is taxable. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm. Um Except Parliament churches. is on our neck. The executive is on our neck. Right? So do you think it's plausible for us to put in a piece of legislation that makes it possible for that area of law to flourish here? And we attract people who are coming to die in Africa, in Kenya, because people, why are people flying to Belgium? Why are people flying to Netherlands? Why are people flying to Canada? Can, can we do that? Okay, I, I probably then I think today's uh, uh, unfortunately till then I, I realized we were lacking diversity in terms of this conversation mm-hmm. because it would appear like uh, probably the three of us are leaning towards a situation looking at euthanasia in a very friendly way. Probably it would have been very interesting if you had a person who is not against it, you know, who is actually against it, and then would have seen actually what's happening because unfortunately the people we elect are the ones who are going to make the the, the laws. And the, uh, the average voter is not a Morgan uh, doing uh, dissertations on uh, euthanasia. They are not a Mutua, a seasoned advocate of data protection, uh, intellectual property. It's not a James Mbugwa. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's not yourself. So the average voter may not necessarily share the sentiments that we're having right now. And unfortunately, therefore, when the person who gets voted to eventually, they will reflect the voice of the majority who are not us. The right? border guy. Yes. Don't mention <laughs> border guys. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually you'll find that this may not eventually not end up being a conversation that we have. But were it to become one, I believe that would be one of the ways. Why not commercialize? Why not make it attractive uh, to make the country get money out of it somewhat? Morally, I even shake in, my <laughs> in the pits of my heart when I say that. But I'm saying, why not? If other jurisdictions are doing it, you will not tell me that people who do medical tourism to go to India, that the countries do not benefit. The countries benefit. Why? Because they put the infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. If people are doing euthanasiatic, so to speak, uh, tourism to the Netherlands, to Belgium, etc., of course the countries do, do benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mutua's one is a bit too extreme. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I would not see a situation where, because such a policy in itself would... Uh, 
would have to be I don't know uh, too too strong too strong for they would essentially be saying okay fair enough we allowing people to die here so if you feel like dying come to Kenya we'll charge you a premium of X I do not think there, there <laughs> any, wow. any wow. country yeah. no matter how Im- economically lucrative it looks a society would not legislate on such and okay. that's why most of it more often than not they would just keep quiet about it rather than address it mm-hmm. so is it possible probably somewhere but uh, practically I do not see it mm. ever ever happening mm. Mm. yeah Kerya, mm. yeah. yeah, that's a conversation that has to continue. Wow, wow, yeah. amazing, yes. amazing. <laughs> Morgan, good stuff. We still have you back for this one. Mm-hmm. But there's also another one, and we, I think we have uh, eight minutes. Eight uh, minutes. Eight minutes, okay, yeah. Okay, sure. Then I know Jimmy has passion is also about it, as Morgan is to his. <laughs> yeah. So, Mutuku, over to you, sir. So, so um, I think uh, you saw in the dailies, and of course it's been an ongoing conversation in legal circles, whereby... Lawyers now have been made to report to an agency called FRC. Yes. Right? Mm. Where if a transaction is more is suspicious and it's more than 1.5 million, mm. you now lawyers have been made to be reporting agents. Right? Yeah. So, um first of all I don't like it. And, and that's my I. personal opinion. Mm. But what do you think about it, Jimmy? Because you practice in that area of law, and there's also the thing that you call, and I and I will call it. You you might not agree with it. I'll call it absolute client confidentiality. Uh, okay, uh, pr- probably for myself just to say that I I feel a bit differently about it. Uh, not not different to say that I disagree with Mutu. I feel mm. differently. It's something which has happened. I feel completely different about it. I it 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 is very annoying to me. One, because uh, I don't want to say that I'm Pan-African and base my whole argument on that. It's because of where it did come from. It was not an original idea coming from Kenya. Yeah. It was an origin, an idea imposed upon us mm-hmm. because some high and mighty somewhere in a different jurisdiction, the so-called international uh, amorphous organizations decided that Kenya has been listed as a grey, uh, that our compliance with as far as uh, uh, proceeds of crime and anti-money laundering uh, provisions globally have made Kenya uh, agree has been listed as great. So it's highly suspicious. And therefore we are telling you <laughs> that as one of the ways for us to <laughs> to consider you compliant is make sure your advocates now are, are reporting centers, so to speak. It's not that not that's not exactly reporting what reporting centers. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using the word casually. I'm using the word okay, casually yeah. because now advocates will be required to report what they consider suspicious transactions. So if you do come to me with X amount of money, first you have to declare the source of the funds, right? I have to do my own some sort of KYC as far as knowing you and establishing the source of the funds. And if I am so inclined, then I have to report it, right? So the different the, for me the reason I feel so against it is against it primarily is because it stands right in the face of advocate client confidentiality yeah. and it is something we which is sacrosanct as far as uh, constitutionality English, is concerned Engli- when you say sacro English <laughs> It uh, is, it's okay. it is pure. It's it is pure. pure. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Okay. I like that. I like if that. If I was a little of a chat, somewhere I'd call it 
near holy, right? <laughs> anyway, as far as advocates are concerned, that's a very high standard. Mm. And it's very important. That's why we have people who murder people. Mm-hmm. They go to advocates. Mm-hmm. People who still go to advocates. People who have not murdered people and are accused of murder go to advocates. People who have not stolen go to advocates. And the reason they can go to advocates confidently is because they know that the law imposes a certain obligation, an impeachable obligation on the advocate, not to disclose whatever it is that is told to them. So if you are imposing this obligation on the advocates, one, it is a bit um, uh, ambitious. Ambitious and big, big, ambiguous, big, ambitious, and a big, ambiguous. Why? Hmm. Because what what measures have you put in place? The banks are rep- have to report. Right? Mm-hmm. They have been given some sort of uh, uh, infrastructure to uh, to uh, to access, uh, say, like the IPRS to to verify whether you are who you say you are. Exactly. Right. Advocates, will you be required to do that? Will it be required if someone comes to me and lies to me? Am I the DCI to go and investigate <laughs> and establish the source of these funds that they are clean? Are you the bank? Am I the bank? Doesn't the bank still have that obligation? And, uh, and the other institutions which are already in place still have that obligation. Why have people been arrested before for money laundering, including advocates? It's because the institutions which are already there were working. The DCI was working, the NIS was working, the banks were working, the CBK was working, the FRC was working. All these institutions already, if they were working properly, then I think it was a very unfair and far-reaching, far-reaching, an unfair obligation on advocates. One, who do not have the capacity to, and then secondly, you are putting them to do the work of other people who are already doing it. So what Uh, happens to the people now, our clients who come to us, Mm. Look at us first. The general impression of, I say, 20, 30 years is that, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, yes. that's it, by the way. Because so, the Wakili so have the obligation. Jimmy, and I tell you, Jimmy, listen, I need this case. Okay, I know your fee, but uh, let me give you something <laughs> extra so that it sort of it cushions you on something. Uh, yeah. Where did you get this money? Yeah. And I thought we were friends, so you have to declare. I'll, I'll walk away. I'll, I'll yeah. walk away. I'll just tell you, yeah. you know what? Let me go and look for Morgan. Yeah. Or let me go and look for Mutua. And sometimes some of these funds are hard to, sometimes it's hard to even uh, rationalize. The bank, for example, you've received a deposit of 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. Why did you receive it? You received it because uh, Mutua won the lottery. And then now he gives me 1.5 million. Yeah. So I go to the bank, you know, my friend won the lottery and he gave me. Why did he give you the money? You see, it's already a legal situation. Correct. You're protected by the law. But now it's still difficult. Now imagine for people who are coming with X amounts, funds, amount of money, getting them from source A, B, C, D, wanting to buy property somewhere, but now the advocate somehow (laughs) has the obligation now to verify and report. I I, I find it uh, ridiculous, but I start first because it did not start from here. If we as a country had started and decided, maybe... Given the way the likes of Morgan is just flying a G4 aeroplane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then that's uh, yeah, Mutua has some hybrid horses. Eh? Yeah, yes. so, yes. They hybrid. Eh? Yeah. Those expensive horses are the mm-hmm. Polo Club. Out of nowhere, then if, if the society itself felt that some, that was a concern, then it would have been a very organic and easily accept, easy to accept. Exactly. Because it would have mirrored whatever the society was feeling at the time. But mm. right now, I feel there is the imposition from the top i feel a bit um 
a bit uh, some sort some type of way that the society the society that means I mean the law society of Kenya did not do I believe as much please say it didn't do well it didn't, didn't do well enough to protect it, yeah. yes they did they did share the the, the drafts mm. anti-laundering mm. regulations mm. way back yeah. etc but it's not like they were doing it uh, for to get actual input there were standards which had been set and they were not set by the society they were not set by the government of Kenya they came from somewhere else, right? Just say Belgium. Belgium You did tell me not to mention names <laughs> when I was coming here. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. So it's since okay. they came from, the, it's, it's not an organic uh, growth from the from the Kenyan legal practice or from the Kenyan society uh, enough to be to merit to be where it is. And then number two, it does infringe on the right to privacy, uh, privacy access to justice, and so many other. That's how I feel about it. I'm sorry. Well, I went on a sort of okay. way. Uh, uh, let me tell you, Jimmy, that was good. That was good. Mm. You know, you two gentlemen have to come back again. We need to thrash one, this one out. Umbra penumbra. Come with something more than bana. You know, it's things you know you do in school. And then, you know, okay, you guys are lawyers. I, I went into media, me and Davis Ayega here. So we, we go into another tangent altogether. But no, we know when the lawyers come in, they remind you of certain things, you know, when you're growing up and you... Ah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Sharpie, Jimmy, thank you for coming in. Uh, m- thank most appreciated. So. Thank you so Morgan, much. Morgan, of course. Thank you for you, having you're me. coming back. And of course, my brother, uh, Mutuku Butua. Why have you yeah. not thanked me? You've thanked me. I've only, you know, you talk every other two days. Resident. Who are you bringing? <laughs> <laughs> James who? Yeah. Morgan who? Who are they? Have they gone through that uh, process of where they're getting their money? We don't know. Just joking. <laughs> but yeah, but of course, thank you so much, Mutuku Butua. Of course. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I mean, gentlemen, you'll be back again. And thank you so much. Uh, listen, this conversation continues on uh, 0701984894. Every Thursday, 6.30 to 7.30, we are here thrashing out issues today. I've learned so much from you, Jimmy, what you're talking about. Many and of thanks, course, sir. from Morgan. Good stuff. A lot of people listen to this show. And uh, even from next week, people will be calling in and asking, can you get me that guy again? What did he say? <laughs> what did he, whatever. <laughs> Remember when we had uh, Nick Ndeda here to a point where uh, which would leave and people would come and say, I've got a problem in my shags. Right? Can mm. you give me your number? Yeah, yeah, it's happening right now. Yeah. So thank you, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, you, you'll be back again. All right, stand by. The hype is coming up with uh, Shiko Shire. And uh, I've had a great time. So 0701984984, hashtag Legal Insider, hashtag Quick One. Wakili, 7 o'clock.